The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Here comes the money! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 21st episode of the Gin Jag Podcast. I'm Jordan DeLugo. I'm here with my co-hosts, Scott Klein and Hunter Evans. Uh, we're coming here live from Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday, March the 8th. One day before free agency. One day before the start of the new league year. It's already happening. But certainly not one day before the start of all the news. Oh my There's goodness. been just a whirlwind of information uh, that has been released over the last several days. Lots of it having to do with the Jaguars. Lots of information and movement um, around the league, not just in Jacksonville. So we're going to get into it hot and heavy. This is the Gen Jag podcast. You can find us online at genjag.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, Twitter at Generation Jag. You can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Hunter Evans at Hunter, Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. Um, so the Jaguars held their state of the franchise today. Uh, it's It was the fifth annual. And the state of the franchise kind of started out as like a fresh, nice thing that the Jaguars do for fans. But at this point, to me, it's just kind of getting stale. Yeah, uh, it's just talking business. A lot of it's talking business. The beginning of it's like a little bit of a rah-rah, let's get him excited, let's bring Coughlin yeah. out. And pretty much Coughlin just had a prepared speech. Yeah, talking uh, about Bruce Lee. Yeah, <laughs> talking about a lot of things. We'll get into it a little bit. Um, so Coughlin spoke, Lamping spoke. That was most of the business, um, business side of things. And also lamping introduced the jaguars newest proposal for the shipyards that they just proposed today actually which was actually the deadline right so So it was kind of like this whole uh state of the franchise was planned around that happening and around you know free agency starting tomorrow so in terms of that it's pretty cool for the jaguars to do it at this time yeah yeah Um, i mean it's something we knew was going to happen they they showed a couple renderings of it nothing Obviously, it was just a scale. It wasn't what it was planning to look like. Um, but even then, they haven't even won, won the rights to be the investors. Right. They just made a proposal. The city has to approve it, and they'd be crazy not to. I yeah, mean, I mean, they, they have to be the best option. Right? Everything Khan has touched down there has turned to gold so far, except for the actual football side yeah. of things. <laughs> but uh, we'll get into what Coughlin said a little bit here. Um, he spoke about the combine last week, and he talked specifically about players that demonstrated a clear love of football, the love of competition, and the dominant desire to win. He said, our goal is to surround ourselves with people who display a love for the game. He said, teamwork is the essence of life. And his biggest thing, he said, was team first, team last, team always. Yeah. Um, he, he looked a little bit sweaty oh up there today, gosh. but I think he maybe just got a little yeah, bit excited and getting, getting ready for... He was dripping, it looked like. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he got in his workout right before the presser. Uh, who knows? But basically, Coughlin's emphasis on the entire thing was just to make sure everybody knows there won't be players around here or coaches around here or anybody around Jacksonville that isn't all about the team and all about winning and all about football. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Jared Audrick. Yeah. Case in point, Julius Thomas. Um, he made a big deal about loving the game. Yeah, exactly. And the love of the game has been questioned for both of those players. <laughs> More so for 
uh, Audric than Thomas, but Thomas certainly doesn't seem to have given maximum effort oh. all the time. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all Coughlin did. It was kind of just like a raw, raw speech. And then Lamping went into a lot. He was talking for forever. It was basically a review of yeah. that over the last... He talked about um, TV uh, TV ranking ratings. He talked about all sorts of stuff. Pretty much not that much has changed in terms of the Jaguars' TV ratings. They went down a little bit, but so did the rest of the league yeah. in 2016. And um, he talked about uh, local revenue. Uh, in 2016, 88.9% of our local revenue was from Jacksonville, the other 11% being... From um, London, obviously. So it's good that London is contributing, but Jacksonville was bigger this year than it was in 2015, percentage-wise. So in my mind, the higher percentage of that that's Jacksonville, the better for Jacksonville. Absolutely. But at the same time, you want London to grow as well because... That's a way to make Jacksonville more sustainable. Yeah, they said that there's 55,000 Union Jacks yep. members, and yeah. it's where the fastest growing team fan base in, 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 in London. In yeah, London. yeah that's so, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, 55,000 members for Union Jacks. I don't know what you have to do to become a member of Union Jacks, but... Uh, you gotta take a blood oath. <laughs> I mean, I've always thought that club name was so funny. Uh, yeah, that's and awesome. just fitting, you know. If you don't know, um, England's England's flag is nicknamed the Union Jacks, so that's Union J A C K S. Just the, just Jack. But the oh yeah, the Union Jack. Excuse me. Uh, and then the name of the fan club is Union Jacks J A X. So they bring they make it relatable for people from London and it also relates back to Jackson. Like, oh yeah, I know that word. I've heard that before. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It works though. I mean, that's how you got to market things. (laughs) A lot of talk about Daly's place. Uh, I believe there's going to be 35 concerts between now and the end of the year. Um, There's going to be seven uh, concerts during uh, the fall for every Jaguars home game. Yeah, that's awesome. There's going to be one the night before the game, which is really cool. Uh, Lamping emphasized making that weekend a big event. Yeah. day weekend's a big event downtown to, you know, just entice more people to be down there and... Actually have a reason to go down there besides just going to a Jaguars game. Yeah. And and then he got to the uh, shipyards. That was kind of the ending, ending statements, but... He said they had some really cool renderings, and he made sure to qualify it that these are just artistic renderings of what it could look like. These aren't what yeah, we it's more actually are scale. planning on what it would look like. Yeah. But uh, included in this proposal was a high-end hotel, a pedestrian bridge, an exhibition space, low-rise office buildings, a high-energy, quote-unquote, I don't really know what that means. A high-energy sports and nautical-themed entertainment district. Just hustle and bustle. Just a lot of stuff going on that you can uh, go around looking at. Residential. Thing. It'll have residential apartments, condos. Uh, military veteran-themed park, which I'm not really sure what that entails. They might have like a memorial or, or yeah, something. Yeah, I'm guessing there would certainly be a memorial, but beyond that, I'm not sure. And then the emphasis is just major interface with the river. They, um, they did make a point of saying... We don't think parking along the shoreline of the river is is a is what you want to have. They they, they talked about having you know a, a couple story parking garage. Yeah, they did, they did mention a parking basically garage. basically clearing out too. all the parking, getting actually knocking down that Hart uh, Expressway going mm-hmm. into downtown, uh, making that just kind of funnel down onto ground level. Kind yeah, of opening that up a bit. I mean, that is a major undertaking. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> That, there's a lot of traffic that goes on on the Harbridge Expressway there, and that would be a major undertaking and just a major change. Um, but, you know, this change is what can make Jacksonville, can take it from what it is to what it needs to be to be a sustainable NFL city. Yeah, I mean, he, he made a point that we're one of the few teams 
in the past 20 years that don't have a new stadium, don't have plans on a new stadium, haven't made major... Well, we're the... Oh, yeah. We're the only team besides the Bills that don't have a new stadium since yeah, we started. exactly. Or have plans to renew or have spent in excess of $500 million in renovations. Now, we put up big billboards and made some pools. Yeah. But that's... It's, yeah. It's not on the level of some of the other teams. But, I mean... Billboards, what were those, 18 million? Yeah. Something I mean, like that. The pools cost in the same ballpark, I think. The club upgrades last year. So I think they're probably starting to flirt with around the $100 million in yeah. upgrades, stadium renovations. But the other franchises that haven't switched stadiums or don't plan to, such as the Chiefs, uh, Packers, some of the other traditional franchises. Um, they have spent a pretty penny renovating, yeah. you know, to the tune of half a billion dollars at minimum. So that's a advantage and a disadvantage. They've got to keep keep growing the the environment down there, mm-hmm. and that's what they plan to do. So hopefully, the city approves it. Yeah, creating just an atmosphere of just entertainment down there. Yeah, you know, having just. Having a reason to, to be there. I mean, at this point, it's already improved so much when yeah. you're looking at Intuitions right across the street. Um, Manifest Distillery is right next to Intuition. Then you go further down the street, Bold City Brewery is about to open. Um, Calford Chop House is about to open. There's several new places in the Duro District and the Elbow District as well, so... Jacksonville is behind the idea of getting downtown better and making it what it needs to be. And Lamping and Khan, they have the ultimate the ultimate key to that chest of making Yeah, it just it just seems like they have vision and they have they have so much just wherewithal to look forward and say what we're not progressing. Yeah. We're just there's there's Empty buildings downtown. There's there's not a lot to do. Um, there there's you know you can go down there and find some stuff, cool stuff to do, but it's not a destination. Not yet. Yeah. Not yet. There's a good foundation for yeah. entertainment success down there, but it's not yet what it needs to be. Clearly, well, um, it, it almost seems like Khan, the way he looks at it, is he could be like the second founder of Jacksonville. Oh, <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. If he does yeah. all this stuff that he wants to do to Jacksonville, a hundred years from now, people know Shad Khan as like the builder of Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. there's no question. We could be like an Atlanta style city or something mm-hmm. crazy like that because of him. There's yeah. no question about it. And bringing businesses in, everything. Not bringing to mention, more of a downtown atmosphere. It only helps his business even more. Yeah. It turns Jacksonville, which is already one of the nation's largest ports. Mm-hmm. Into something ginormous. Yeah, this Trump is a huge. <laughs> you, I mean, yeah, huge. you combine the uh, already incredibly strong military presence, uh-huh. the largest land-based city in the country. Um, you know, you combine that th- that stuff with the beach, and then with having a downtown that is actually vibrant and mm-hmm. appealing and exciting for people to go to. I mean that's just plus plus in a much more short that's term. That's the dream. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then it, you see this hustle and bustle downtown. It's not just for, you know, nine to fivers coming in and working. It's something yeah. where, you know, people like in our generation and the following generation will want to go down there and, and that's the place to be. Yeah. But in a much shorter term sense, um, it's getting people around the stadium. And, and people, yeah, at if, least if on the there, weekends that the Jaguars are playing at home. It's so much yeah. easier to get downtown to say, hey, let's make a day of it. Let's yeah. go down there. We can have breakfast. We can walk around the park. Or just people who are doing other things. And it's like, what? you want to go just go catch the Jaguars game? Let's do it. You know? I mean, yeah. You know there's going to be seats <laughs> for now. Yeah. <laughs> but he yeah. actually spoke about the seating situation, which they're pleased with their uh, ticket sales. I mean, they... Should be with yeah the, with the turnout as far as the team yeah the, the the team is playing 
But um, yeah, enough of the state of the franchise. It is yeah. exciting stuff, but we're and, we're um, here to talk about the big thing to me. The final is uh, yeah, they kind of were really hammering home like we need to raise ticket prices. Yes, we just need to find ways to do that. Without, he said you have to get. Or he for, said. Lamping said, you better be creative if you're trying to raise ticket prices when you're not winning. Yeah. Let's say we average nine, ten wins a year. It's so much easier to say, yeah. hey, prices are going up. Yeah. It's and high demand. This is actually something I didn't know. When the Jaguars started in 95, they had the most expensive average ticket price. <laughs> and, and they uh, sold. <laughs> yeah. They sold incredibly. And they doubled Carolina's ticket price and Charlotte. Yeah. That first year, the average ticket price, which is just incredible. And it goes to show you when people are excited about the product in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. there's absolutely no question that it's going to be huge turnouts yeah. at the stadium and people wearing their Jaguar gear and all that. But I, and, and when I you think, haven't won in 10 years, how yeah. are people supposed to get excited? And and that's what they're, that's what they're trying to do is I think just trying to get across like, Hey, Ticket prices need to go up, you know. Let's say the team doesn't win for another five years. Are they supposed to just sit around and say ticket prices can't go up anymore? I think I think they're just trying to get it in your head so that when it does come around, you're not like, whoa, what's yeah. going on here? No question. But yeah, I mean, it's it was just another business. Like, how is the team going? <laughs> well, financially? one thing that should get fans as excited is. Uh, Jen Jag having their own seating section in section 216 this year. <laughs> we'll all be over there cheering our asses off and uh, hopefully starting a tradition of winning. You know, sure. if we go and sit in section 216 this year and we win, we can you're never welcome. leave. You're welcome. <laughs> we'll never <laughs> leave. But if you're interested in sitting with Generation Jaguar in section 216, go to genjag.com. You'll see our navigation bar. You'll click on the game day tab and you'll see... Uh, sit with us, and that'll give you all the information, the number to call, all that to go get you squared away with your new season tickets or if you're renewing your season tickets. So, uh, yeah, come sit with us. We're going to have a hell of a time next year. Rain, sunshine, win, lose, doesn't matter. We'll be out there. <laughs> it's never going to be cold, so you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. We do live in I don't think we did have a cold game this year, did we? No. We had one, one kind of cold, rainy game that I was at. Almost cold. It was almost really. cold. <laughs> yeah. I think I wore shorts and a t-shirt for every game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I did too. Well, or jersey. You know, whatever. But <laughs> there's a ton of free agency and draft talk that we need to Holy get to. Moly. Okay, so the Jaguars have agreed to terms with Barry Church, who's a strong safety from Dallas. They've agreed to a four-year deal worth over $6 million per year. That's not... Big time, big time money for a safety. Um, Probably a little bit. Jonathan Cyprian's going to get paid more than that. Yeah. Tony Jefferson's going to get paid more than that. But um, Church is tw- twenty nine, so maybe a little bit older than you would usually like. Mm-hmm. But uh, he spent the first three years of his career not really playing all that often, so he hasn't been taking the wear and tear of a full NFL season, except since two thousand thirteen is when he became a full time starter. And uh, he's playing the best football of his career right now. He's kind of like the heart and soul of the uh, Cowboys, the Cowboys uh, defensive secondary. And a, I've seen captain. a lot. Yeah, I've seen a lot of Cowboys sentiment, fans, blogs, all that. They're not like devastated like the Chiefs would have been if they had lost Eric Berry. But they realize, you know, this is a big piece that we lost that we're not happy about losing. Yeah, and we're going to have to replace him. It's not one of those top-tier guys that's a household name. It's a, yeah. you know, just a guy who comes in and does his job. But it's also not like um, Cyprian with Jaguars fans, where Jaguar fans are like, say la vie. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, Cowboys fans are actually upset Barry Church is leaving. Yeah. And with good reason. He's a hell of a player. He has 488 career tackles. Um most years he's flirting with 100, if not surpassing it. Yeah, he got 100 tackles. 17 in 2015, I think. Yeah, he did. Um, and uh, he's done it before. So he's a guy that can play very good run defense. I would say his in-the-box run defense isn't to Cyprian's level. Yeah. But every single other part of his game is above Cyprian's level. Yeah. In terms of taking the proper angles to the ball when you're playing deep. Um, in terms of 
coverage lining up not only in the box and covering tight ends and uh, running backs out of the backfield, but actually lining up as the deep safety or in a too deep look. Um, they don't compare to each other at all. Church yeah. is far superior when it comes to coverage and that and that sort of setting. So to me, this means the Jaguars are not going to be wanting to put a safety in the box nearly as much as they did last year. I think um, both of the guys have the ability to, but it won't I wouldn't, be the no. prime. I, I would never put Gibson. Gibson in the box. I think it just, he's just a, means he's a, he, this gives the Jaguars the ability tackle. to Gibson. Be, yes, I disagree. Okay. Yeah, I, I totally that. disagree. He's a, he's a Average as grits at tackling. I, I, <laughs> I, like, I like grits. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it gives the Jaguars the ability to play true split safety. Like you can really now have a guy who plays one half of the field and the other half of the field and you're not really at a liability mm-hmm. I think earlier you sent a text saying that the whole idea of the thumper safety yeah. you'd rather have a coverage safety yeah. while the thumper safety the Cam you know, Cam Chancellors of the world are Cam Chancellor and John Cyprian are not in the same category they might play the similar yeah, position. But it's, Dude, it's the similar Cam, position. Cam Chancellor can play too deep safety and no, cover. No, I agree with that. I can, he can but cover. It's, it's the yeah. idea of the thumper safety. The guy who is out there just to make a, a big noise. A yeah. big bang kind of hit. Um, but Barry Church gives the Jaguars an interchangeable ability mm-hmm. that makes it more diverse. Like You know Tashawn Gibson will not always be sitting in the middle of the field with Cyprian down the makes Yeah, I think as, as much as anything, this is going to make Gibson happy. Yeah, I would think so. Because Gibson bitched about having to be the single high safety all of last year. He was basically just the safety net. Yeah, he literally didn't have the opportunity to make that many big plays. Yeah. Well, I think this and gives... He, he certainly should now. I mean, it gives Gibson a, a, the potential to play low-hole safety if... I mean, you never Hold up. Like, low hole safety. Let's explain to everyone Coach what talks. that is. Right. Low <laughs> hole safety would be if you were playing a robber coverage where. Hold up, robber <laughs> coverage. Let's explain that. Uh, all right, robber coverage would be a form of a cover three, maybe or a cover one, where you have a two high safety look, and one safety is your free, and one's your robber. The free takes the center of the field. Or can even take half of the field, depending on if you're in a quarters kind of or a cover two look. The low hole safety would play your robber, and he's the guy that kind of comes down. So he's not necessarily a box safety. That is that's what I'm more meant as far as Gibson he, being able to come up. He would come from that free safety look, and he can come up and play a robber look because robber's a big coverage in the NFL now with tight ends being and slots yeah. being as effective. The robber is a guy who's deceiving because he comes out of nowhere and all of a sudden he plays like a... He's almost at a linebacker depth. Mm-hmm. So that's robber and low hole safety. And that's, that, that was... I didn't mean, necessarily mean yeah, he basically Gibson's going to be the, the third or fourth linebacker. It's, it's just, just a guy who has the ability to, to step up and not just fail. Now. A lot yeah. of versatility. Because, I mean, now you can give different looks. Like mm-hmm. You can always have something different. Obviously, we know Deshaun Gibson's the free safety and... Barry Church is the strong safety, but it still gives you that ability to change up just the eye candy that a quarterback has to see. And when you're used to seeing a strong safety come down, you know you never know. Deshaun Gibson could be that guy yeah. after the snap. So it also makes the Tampa two possible, a lot more possible. Yeah, because you can line up in a two high look. Next thing you know, you got someone coming down low, and Miles especially Jack the or super athletic middle linebacker. Yeah. So it, it it should be interesting. That's for sure. So as we're sitting here, Mike K is tweeting that he hears the Jaguars are among a handful of teams that are interested in defensive tackle Terrell McLean. Uh, I'm doing a little research here. He's from the Cowboys. Another Dallas connection. Of course, yeah. It seems like the Cowboys and Jaguars just trade players back and forth, dating back many years to even like uh, Gerald Sensabaugh, Jeremy Mincy, all sorts of guys. George Shelby. Ryan Davis. Yeah. I mean, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. we got Jimmy Smith. There you go. Sometimes works out. But uh, Terrell McLean, defensive tackle, 6'2", 300 pounds. Uh, 28 years old, not really a flashy move, but would certainly be a uh, quality yeah. backup. 
Um, or take the spot of somebody who might not be on the roster next year. Uh, are we talking Sanderic <laughs> Marks? Maybe Marks, Miller. I'm not sure. I would hope that they would keep Miller, but yeah, I, I mean, wouldn't be surprised if they don't. And you, you got to get bodies, especially yeah. in the interior. Yeah. That, that kind of signing, or even like a Calais Campbell kind of signing to me, makes it less likely that they go after Jonathan Allen or Miles Garrett. To me, it's it's that that's not inconsequential. I, yeah, I'm hoping that a 30 year old Calais Campbell is not going to be the answer. Well, no, he could be for several years. He's a for a year so. or two. Well, no, I, three, I just, I'm not I'm not downplaying his abilities, but it's he's you don't you don't change your draft because a 30 year old might give you yeah, two or three good. years. I agree. You don't change don't your draft strategy because you sign a 30 plus. Yeah, year old I don't think it changes it, but I think it can make you more comfortable. Like, okay, so let's say the Jaguars have been thinking we want running back the whole time. Yeah. But this is just a way to beef up the defensive line, something that was an alternative to the running backs. Yeah. So, yeah, it might not change your thinking, but it might make you feel a little more comfortable with your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, if if they were going in saying running back is what we're going to go after, it makes it that much easier knowing we don't have a glaring hole this very second at defensive end. Yeah, no question. Now, uh... We kind of went off a little bit of a tangent there, but um, we got into what Barry really means for the Jaguars' defense. Uh, He was a guy that really came up out of nowhere over the last day or so that um, none of us really talked about that often. I mean, we were looking at some other guys at strong safety. And you always look at the biggest, flashiest guys. Right. I mean, mean, Church is a quality guy, though. So now that Church is... We've gotten our uh, strong safety need handled in Barry Church. What are we looking at next? Who's going to be the next domino to fall? Who's going to be Zietler. the next Jaguar? Zeitler, 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 whatever. I'm hoping that it's Zeitler as well. Man. I'm more. I'm to me. I'm less. I'm. I'm. I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful because I think he's. He's the number one guy on the market, but so does every other team in the NFL. Yeah. But, and when you can get a guy like Larry Warford for maybe $3 million less, yeah, or TJ Lang, or Ronald Leary, yeah, why? I'm not saying why. If you have the ability to sign Ziedler, sign him. How much do you but think Ziedler Every other team him? is going to try and get it. How much is he'll, he'll probably get 11 $12 million. Yeah, so they're saying Give him 13 Yeah, I would give him what That's he just, wants. Well, yeah, that, and that all depends on what exactly you're willing to pay an interior lineman. It shouldn't matter at this no. point. It, it shouldn't, but I just think at this they they point. have to keep they have to make boundaries and they have to stick to them. But no matter what the market dictates. At this time, it's literally impossible for the Jaguars to spend crazily. I agree. No, if it was, if like it was no matter what they do, if this was the front office, I'd be thing. calling every top. I'd be calling the top five prospect. Yeah, I mean, crazy spending at this point is giving nine million dollars to Andre Branch. We're not doing that. <laughs> So that segues into uh, a little bit of Dolphins talk. Mr. Windmill Wisdom himself, Andre Branch, went to Miami last year what are they after an incredibly them? disappointing tenure with the Jaguars. And uh, he played well for the Dolphins. He was a role player, though. He yeah. certainly wasn't a true impact player. And he earned himself a three-year, $27 million deal. He'll be making $9 million per year. And the most interesting thing about this whole thing is they wouldn't pay Olivier Vernon $8 million just last year. Thanks. Two years ago. And what? It was last year. Was it? Yeah. That was two years ago. It was the Malik year. It was last year. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Um, in what world does Andre Branch garner a bigger contract than Olivier he, Vernon? I thought he was going to be just bouncing from team to team and then be out of the league in five years. If that. Crazy. He, I mean, he, he. Granted, he, he's a hard worker, by all accounts. Yeah, and he um, played well. He, 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 he play played well. well last year. Did he play he nine million dollars? He's the guy you're going to rely on. Well, what saying are, it's what third down, go get a sack. What are nine million dollar defensive ends in the NFL like? What, I guess just situational role now. At least starters <laughs> is what they should be. To nine million dollars for him is crazy. Yeah, it's something else. Speaking of another crazy deal, though, oh. Kyle Juszczyk is uh, reported to go. He's a fullback from uh, a fullback. from the Ravens. Yeah, uh, 
He's reportedly getting a deal four years, twenty-one million. That's over five million a year. That's insane. Which doubles the previous highest-paid fullback salary in the NFL, which was two point five. That's basically Chris Ivory. Isn't that about what he? Chris Ivory. I think Ivory's getting six. But even then, if he's if if he's even close. Yeah, it's that's a remarkable. That's that's remarkable that the Forty Niners are going to pay him that much money. Well, I mean, but he considers himself field. He considers himself to be fullback, H-back, tight end. Very, very, he's a utility kind of yeah. guy. I mean. But still, he's a fullback. He's not going to be the single back. Well, I'm sure that's what the 49ers are considering too, based on that yeah. contract. That's crazy. Yeah. They're not signing just a straight fullback for $5 million a year. They're thinking they're getting an H-back and tight end as well. I mean, wow. if you're signing a guy that much money, he's got to be on the field for over 50% of your offensive plays, you would think. Definitely. But a guy like him, I don't think he's on the field that much. Well, if he plays tight end, H-back, and fullback. I guess so, but that's just, I don't know, that's crazy to me. Especially in today's offense, in the NFL's offense, when it's more of a spread out pass offense. Like, everything you see of him, all the highlights, all the film you see of him is in the backfield. Yeah. Lined up as a fullback. Yeah. So. It'll be really interesting to see how that all works out. You know, with Kyle Shanahan, I'm sure he's just got, he's got something going on in his head over there that yeah. he's got a plan. Yeah, and Brian Horace. check was part of it. Yeah. I mean, Brian Hoyer is a guy I would have liked to see come to Jacksonville, although I knew there was very little likelihood of that. But he's better than Chad Henney. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Cut Chad Henney, sign Hoyer. He's better. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Very no, simple. He's, they, they got – man, San Francisco needs just about everything. Yeah, I, and if I'm, if I'm 49er fan, I'm happy about getting Hoyer – because baseline, you have a competent NFL starter, yeah. even if you don't draft a quarterback with your first overall pick. Yeah, you have a competent guy that you could potentially be a competitive team as early as next year with. Yeah, you know, depending on how they surround him. They got it. Yeah, they're they, bare bones they at a lot of other Pierre places. Pierre Garcon going going over there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think they're going to be that great next year. They they probably have a top ten pick again. I bet they'll be better than they were. If, the, if it'd be hard to be worse. If Hoyer starts all their games for them. They'll be better than they were this year, for sure. And you're right, it would be much harder. It would be very <laughs> difficult to be worse. But um, I, I like that addition for them, for Hoyer. Um, so back to the Jaguars. We want Zeitler to be the next guy. All three of us want Zeitler to be the next guy. Yeah. I, I Yeah. It's going to be tough, I think. They're if gonna you really... had to pick between Zeitler or Boye, who would you take? Zeitler. Boye. Okay. Why? For, for, I, for Boye. Both of you, yeah. I, so if you're taking, you want Boye instead of Zeitler, if it, you had to pick one. It's a bit of it's a bit of a contrarian for me, because I, I ranked Zeitler higher in my free agency wish list. But I just feel like cornerback is, defending the pass is much more important than an interior lineman. Granted, we have a huge gaping hole at one of the guard positions, if not both of the guard positions. But we also not bringing Prince back. We also have a hole at the outside. Yeah, we have a huge hole corner. at both positions, guard and corner. Yeah, so it's to me, it's you need we need turnovers. We gave up big plays, and granted, not as much as in the past. We really didn't give up a ton of big plays. Okay, not necessarily big plays, but there were sustained drives. That at times. they could not get off the field at times. At, yeah. at times, yeah. For a majority of the year, and a lot of that's to do with the offense. Yeah, the offense where the defense was on, defense on the field entirely too much, and yeah. and and they're just gassed. If you ask Puz Lesney, it doesn't matter if how long they're on the field; they need to get the stop it regardless. Does. Which yeah. that's cool to me. Yeah, like for a guy, he to just, he just knows like, what he his job is. Yeah, it doesn't matter how often yeah. we're on the field; we need to stop teams on third down. But to me, you got to defend the pass. And you have to have good play at quarterback. That's the key to success. Okay. Now, Hunter's take, he would rather have Zeitler over Boye. Why would you not want to sign the best player or a top three or four player at a position when you have a chance? Well, okay, name me 
the positions less important outside of kicker and punter on an NFL roster? It depends what your run scheme is. Just in general. It, well, it, if the Jaguars want to draft Leonard Fournette, then there's if, plenty of positions that are less important yeah. than guard. I mean, I think depending on what you want with your run style and what you want your offense to look like, guard at some point can be more important than tackle. And people are going to say that's crazy, but it's not. Like, even this past year with the team that I was with, we put our best three linemen in the center. Because, especially like for us, if we can get push right there, we feel confident that we can get a couple yards. You can lose the battle at the tackles running the ball if you're going forward. Yeah. You know, like if, if you're running that outside zone crap that your they were trying to do it. last year, then obviously yeah. your tackle's got to be beast. But if we put our worst two players at guards and our best two at tackle, yeah, we could probably throw the ball a little bit. I mean, you still get a bull rush from the middle, but you can't run forward. Like, a tackle can drive a nine-tech defensive end back all you want, but if you can't take Vince Wilfork back two yards, you're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. So, to me, it's probably not more important than tackle, but guard in the NFL is such a underutilized and what's the word? I'm not underutilized. Not underutilized. Undervalued. Undervalued. Yeah. Undervalued position. And I think people just don't. Yeah, some teams are just like, we're just not going to put a guard well, out there. It's not <laughs> run up four linemen. It's, it's not sexy though. Like, no, no, you're right. Left tackle sexy because you know they're more of the athletic. Because it's a quarterback line. league. They protect yeah. the quarterback. They're going against pass rushers. You see really cool moves and stuff, but no one likes the big grunts in the middle. I do, but. I, I, I love me a big grunt as much as anyone else, but, but I to me I have a little different view on it. As you can win, and as been proven, look at the playoffs. You can win with excellent quarterback play and subpar running game. Uh, you can yeah. win a Super Bowl, and most teams in the playoffs. Have but I want to say you can win a Super Bowl with subpar running back play. Like the even the Patriots have yeah. a good running game. It's not the most because it's, okay if they but, didn't have Tom Brady and and defenses had to account for that would it be as good? Well, I agree with that, but like you still have to have a running game. If you and they do, and I'm not saying they absolutely don't, but one complements the, the other. If you but they're obviously the passing game was the forefront and what won them the game. Look back at yeah. last year. If you had to pick one thing that the Jaguars did terribly, what was it? Everything. <laughs> one, but one thing, the most uh, glaring the thing. Ball. I mean, yeah, running, running, running the Other ball. than Blake Bortles. And turnovers. But Blake Bortles throwing the ball 40 to 50 times a game is not the answer. No. no he needs to I agree. 20 to 25. And, I, and I think it should be answered, the, 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 the position. But to I me, it's, it's the game is evolving so much to where throwing the ball and having good quarterback play will trump it, it covers so yeah, many flaws that you have on a team. I agree, but you have to be able to run the ball for a quarterback to be able to throw. You, it, it's nice, but in, especially a young quarterback. If okay, if if you don't have a franchise guy who's top five in the, in, in his it, position, I agree. Well, okay, at the quarterback position, but that's what wins Gilmore, Super Bowls. Boye, is good uh, what's the guy in New England? Um, Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan. All the all the corners that are in free agency, is there that big of a drop off between the top three or four? Yeah, I think Boye yeah. is definitely the best. I mean, he's the head and shoulders. But is it is it that big of a drop off but from Boye not, to Gilmore? But I, your point is Zeitler is a top five guard in the NFL, regardless of, of what yes, of what like, group you're putting him in. No, I Boye is not a top five no. corner. And I think if you have a not chance a top to ten sign corner, probably a top top tier position player that's going to make a big difference in your team why wouldn't you I think you could take a little bit less of a corner than Boye and still be effective especially with the Barry Church side yeah. Yeah. Barry Church in a too high safety look makes it, put, it takes pressure off of exactly off the house yeah I, I, I can agree with that so for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do, let me tell you how you both are wrong <laughs> for me uh I definitely would take Zeitler before Boye if I had to pick one. And the reason being is if I go get Zeitler, um, 
I know, and I can't get Boye, I know I can get a really good cornerback in the draft. It is very deep. Very deep. You can if, get Dory Jackson in the second or third round. If, um, if I take Boye and pass on Zeitler, I might be able to get Warford, I might be able to get Lang, maybe. But if I'm stuck with going into the draft without that guy, yeah. it's a lot sketchier than it is at cornerback. It is. Um, and, the, you know, there's guys in the first round that you could look at, like Marshawn Lattimore, even at the fourth pick. Mm-hmm. He's just a freak. Um, and, it, and, and then trading me, back a little bit, you could look at Sidney Jones. Um, Marlon Humphrey. Marlon Humphrey, Tease Tabor, Quincy Wilson. Yeah, yeah and, and, and... Adoree Jackson. Right. To, yeah, and, and I understand that. Um, big, the big part of free agency for me is one guy is making the decision. And that's the player. So if you make the best offer, you throw enough money at him. All he, all he has to do is say, okay, yeah, you know, I don't care if you're, you know, you're four and whatever, four and thirty-two last year. Yeah, yeah, I'll sign with you. In the draft, you got to worry about thirty other, thirty-one other guys not drafting your guy. So well, I, that's, when you're sitting at four, you don't have to worry about crap. But we're not going to be signing. We're not, well, if you're theoretically, I don't think we'll be signing a quarterback. Or drafting a cornerback at four, but well, if we don't get one in free agency, I could totally see them taking yeah, Marshawn Lattimore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. If, if we if we just wipe out a, a corner and we have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Colvin as our corners, which anything that's bad. not going to happen. But I'm yeah. saying even if they just get a guy that's meh, yeah, yeah. just a dude, I could yeah, then I, could, I can I totally could see, see Lattimore at four. And there's no telling we could also bring back Prince. That's yeah. not yeah. out of the picture. Yeah. So, I mean. There's a lot of yeah. different ways it can go, but I'm more comfortable exiting free agency with a starting, with a Pro Bowl starting guard than a potential Pro Bowl starting cornerback this year because of the specific circumstances. If you put both of these players in a vacuum, which one would I rather have if I was starting a team? I don't know. Boye and Zyler would be, both be right there because yeah. I do think cornerback is more important than right guard, and I think there's more quality guards than quality cornerbacks. Yeah. And that's just the way the draft sets up this year. It's just not that way. Yeah. A, li- a little behind the curtain, I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate here. <laughs> I enjoy just being the, the contrarian to, <laughs> to, to, to talk point, counterpoint. Yeah. But, I mean, to be honest, walking away with either of these guys – be over the moon about it. You've got a good football player. No doubt. Now, how excited would you guys be about Calais Campbell? I would love it. Over 30 years old. Um, but Dude, he's 6'8". That's literally his that's only tall. knock is his age because he still plays with fire. He still yeah. plays with um, a high energy. He's, he's still productive. He's a great locker, locker room guy. Yeah, I think uh, if they drafted Jonathan Allen or Solomon Thomas, the Jaguars, that would be a huge... Um, a huge boon to those either of those guys' careers having Campbell start in front yeah. of them. A- anyone on the defense in the defensive line like room. Yeah. Just just having the that whole guy. defense really. Yeah. The whole team. But yeah, definitely the entire defense would be impacted by an yeah. addition of a Calais Campbell. I, I I mean I I hope I mean he still picked he up eight and a half sacks last year and he's not necessarily the guy that you'd want to go get 20 sacks. He's a guy that you know is going to get sacks for you every year and is also going to be stout in the run game. Oh, yeah. so. He's a big dude. Well, he'd be a huge upgrade from Jared Yeah. But he's like this, he's the same kind of position. Like He, he can, is the that, perfect form of Jared Audrick. Yeah. yeah. He's he can get Jared to Audrick goes to bed sleep, you know, dreaming. He could be. No, Jared Audrick probably is up, dreaming about uh, well, not football. Movies yeah. and stuff, but he's the kind of I'd guy like to play Calais in a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, I watched the, the Arizona Cardinal thing on Amazon. Yeah, I watched that too. That was great. Amazing very, show. very, very it high really quality. Well. It's as good or better than uh, Hard I would. I, I, I enjoyed it more than It's Hard the Knock. same thing. Just well, it's cooler though. that it's during the season. Yeah, yeah. for but sure. I think watching Calais Campbell on that makes me want him more. Yeah. yeah, he seems like the kind of guy we would need in this. He's life. a tough Tom Coughlin guy. There's no yeah. question about it. Yeah, it'd be perfect. Got to keep those darn Raiders away. Hey, just I bring <laughs> him in. Bruce Irvin tweeting at him. I mean, yeah, but you get him for two years, sure. Two or three and, years. But let's say you do go get Jonathan uh, Allen in the first round. 
that's a perfect mentor for Jonathan. A hundred percent. I'm on board with yeah. that getting is the what Jonathan Allen and would drafting play. one. Like that's but that's Jonathan Allen's position. Yeah. He's not gonna be a true speed rush like a, a, a Ngakwe. A guy he who can, is who can shift inside yeah, on, pat, play three on like tech, third down. Five tech. He's not gonna be a wide nine. Yeah. Like that's not possible. You bring Calais Campbell in, he's gonna play your seven maybe, but he's gonna play your five tech and he's gonna play your three tech. Yeah. Maybe a four eye every once in a while if you go with like a three four look. Man, it'd be really nice to see uh on clear passing situations, you know, whatever lightning package or whatever they're call it this year, uh Campbell next to um Jackson and then Ngakwe mm-hmm. on the outside and Fowler or whoever else is over there on the yeah. outside. But those two guys in the middle with Ngakwe coming off the edge, that's pretty scary. Yeah. Well, then you could. Th- I mean, you got you, four legit pass rushers. You could, could have the possibility of having Telvin Smith, Dante Fowler, Miles Jack, uh, Malik Jackson, Ngakwe, and then two more defensive linemen. Because Fowler could go out and play Sam. If yeah. Him no too. question. Yeah. And a lot of people think I he think, should. So that's yeah. that's a scary package to me. Is having Fowler, Telvin Smith, and Miles Jack, and then just. To me, that suits put Fowler four around. guys in front of them and tell them to go get the dude. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fowler could move around a lot more at Sam than he could at Leo or whatever the hell they're going to call it this year. Uh, they're going to call. Hopefully, it. they'll just call it defensive end. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Tom Coughlin ain't about none of that nonsense. Get that out of here. What's a Leo? Yeah. <laughs> Is it Tom? Like, name of a lion. <laughs> Auto. Auto. Uh, Only auto I know is Otto Graham. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't he, think Tom Coffin's about that. I've so. played the lotto before. <laughs> um, yeah, so good stuff there. Now, in all the excitement of talking about adding new players that haven't been Jaguars, we didn't bring up uh, Peyton Thompson and Patrick Omame yet. Peyton Thompson, free safety for the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars placed their tender on him yesterday. Basically ensuring him a one-year $690,000 deal. Um, Peyton Thompson is a really quality backup free safety and an extremely uh, productive special teams gunner. He led the Jaguars in special teams tackles last year. And uh, he's just he's a fiery type of guy that I like to have on our team. He kind of reminds me of Dwight Lowry, even though Dwight Lowry was a starter when he was here. But their play styles kind of remind me of each other. And, um, and he can really play either. He played corner. He, he played you know, safety. He could play corner he in a pinch. Yeah, Nick Sorensen. Sorensen, man. <laughs> if anybody remembers player. Nick Sorensen, he was a perfect type of uh, he was special teams. Ball. Yeah, he was a perfect special teams gunner. Uh, he just destroyed people back in the day. I'd say Sorensen was probably more physical than. Uh, but it's that it's that mentality of I'll play backup and then just go be a dude on special yeah, teams. Like, yeah, no doubt. That's that's what you want. That's I'm sure that's what our new special teams coordinator Joe DiCamillo yeah. loves to see. He's licking his chops, looking at all these playmakers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then Patrick Omame, he's a guy the Jaguars signed last off season. He's an offensive guard. He was a backup going into 2016, but he ended up having to start when Luke Jokel went down at left guard. And then Omame started seven games, and then he went down to a season-ending injury. He's all good to go, all healthy now. The Jaguars brought him back um, on another one-year deal as well. And he's a guy that, when he filled in last year, he played very well. It almost seems as if he's a guy that could potentially push push AJ Can for a starting job, or you know, obviously he's great depth for when someone goes down. But I I really like having Omame around. Yeah, I think I think it's basically what it's going to turn out to be is they're going to go out and get a guard and say everyone else fight it out. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it interesting if you go out and get a guard like either Warford because you got one of the free agent signings hopefully. Omame, uh, AJ Can, and Linder slash Boenko all competing for that center. That's a pretty decent amount of depth. And then if they do bring back Jokel for probably you know a hometown I, discount, I don't, I don't think it. I, I think that's a bringing Omame back kind of maybe. But plus they might Wells even signing him back Shatley. just because. Well, Shatley, I think having Shatley makes Jokel's career here probably yeah. over. Yeah, by signing Shatley back. 
who is a swing guy, I think yeah. it kind of ends that. But yeah. You never know. I mean, the inside, the interior line is definitely a lot more beefed up. Yeah. And especially with the guard or free agent signing, so that's good to see. I think. Yeah, no question. So um, those two guys are back in Jacks. Um, we've covered a lot here today. It's been a busy, busy day for the Jags. Uh, so let's just say, what's the dream scenario now uh, in terms of how they finish out free agency and then maybe first and second round, what you guys would really, really like to see, how you would like this to go the rest of the way? Man, there's there's a whole wish list. Like, okay, Martellus Bennett. Yeah. He, Dwayne Allen's going to New England. He ain't. He's out the door. Yeah, the Colts are trading Dwayne Allen to the Patriots for a fourth-round pick. And they gave up part. a sixth-round pick wow. for the fourth-round pick. Yeah. So it's. I mean, that's Martellus Bennett's going to be out there. I don't know if he'll come here. He's. He looks like. He looks like he's trying to get paid. Honestly. Yeah, I think he's going to try to get whatever. The most money whoever. Again. Whoever has the highest Bowl. number at yeah. this point, just go make money, dude. Get that's probably what he's probably going to do. Get Boye. If you can get Ziedler, you. Hit the lottery. I mean, you, when you get three kind of guys that are just out the gate starters, and you know are going to play at a high level. Well, and Barry Church, he's and one Barry of those Church, guys who's he's already a starter. starter. He's definitely a starter. You, 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 you are unbelievably satisfied there. But um, I mean, even if you don't get Zeitler, if you get one of the second level guys, you you still feel like you win. I mean, there's another. There's um, Calais Campbell. That we we've been talking about. There's so much opportunity here. I don't think we're gonna get all those guys, but we're definitely gonna fight for. I, I feel like we're gonna fight for Zietler because he's. We've every time I've seen his name, we've been linked to him. Yeah, um, boy, and I think does, the Jaguars probably really regret, or if they don't, they should, not going after Matt Carter last year. Yeah, I like, agree. I mean, because then you then you got Mac, you got Linder, who's. Our, our our best offensive lineman right yeah. now. He's um, no question. And but you know, Linder wouldn't have had to move to center. Can yeah. wouldn't have had to move to right guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'd have Linder at right guard. Can at his natural left guard and uh, Mac at center. So you know, but yeah, there's a million different ways that free agency could play out. So let's just get into the draft. What do we want at number four now? Yeah, to me, it's. It's all about the edge rusher. I don't care if we sign Calais Campbell. Get he's not he's not gonna be the long term answer. Um, get me somebody who either will split time with him and give us more bodies to throw at the QB. So who is it though? To me, it's Jonathan Allen or Solomon Thomas. If well, Allen's that's two different players. To me, Solomon Thomas is more of an edge guy. Um, Allen is more of an uh, he's a. Uh, more flexible tweener. There's an injury history with Allen as far as he's already got arthritis in both shoulders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Alabama's like, okay, whatever. But, no, I mean, to me, get bodies on the defensive end because right now relying on a second-year rookie who was really good last year and unique and Fowler who is still trying to figure out the position is not something I really want to be in, in a position I want to be in. So, I mean, get, just give me as many good pass rushers as I can get right now. So, to me, it's either Allen. Pick one. If Gar- uh, To me, I'd probably take Allen first. Um, he might be gone, though. Very easily could be Very gone. easily. So, it'd be Allen first, then Solomon Thomas for me. Okay. How about you, Hunter? My ideal pick at number four? Yeah, right now. Oh, God. Oh, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> um, I say trade back a little bit. Yeah? Oh. Yep. And then what? Maybe go after one of these corners. Mm. Maybe, you know, if you can drop back somewhere around 10 and you can go get one of those top corners... Or worse comes, I mean, because then you pick up maybe another second round pick. Yeah. With how deep this draft could be, you could maybe go get a Demarcus Walker, you know, or trade back into the first to get a Demarcus Walker or another pass rusher. Like I think. Yeah, I think Demarcus Walker is definitely second round now. But yeah, I mean, I just don't know. Like Jonathan Allen would be great. I would love to see him here just because my I like Alabama and him. But 
why not trade back a little bit, pick up some other picks, and then go pick a nice corner? And this this could change. And yeah, it will. Yeah, yeah. It will change. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, I'm just thinking about what we could do in free agency yeah. and what would end up helping us. To, and to me, a big part of that is there's not a lot on the defensive end market. Mm-hmm. For me, so it's like you, Charles Johnson's gone. Yeah, you, Chandler you, you Jones got is getting enough. a mega deal now. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, for me, Jonathan Allen would be the number one guy that's realistic. Obviously, Miles Garrett, I would take over Allen, but there's no way he drops to four. Yeah. If he does, the Jaguars better run to that podium. That'd be the second year in a row they might have gotten the best player in the draft. Yeah, <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah, um, but. Realistic situation, I'll take Allen. Uh, I wouldn't take Thomas at four because there's other guys I just simply think are better. I think Marshawn yeah. Lattimore and Malik Hooker are both better. I think Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette are better for the Jaguars situation. Um, so those are the guys I would take if I stood at four with Allen being first, probably Lattimore being second, Hooker being third, and then the running backs. But I'm still flexible on that. Uh, if we traded back, I would love Sidney Jones, who compares to Marcus Peters. He's best friends with Marcus Peters. They played together. You give me Jalen Ramsey, who's just going to shut down his side of the field, and then you give me a guy who you know can just go get the ball, pick off the ball with ease and has great anticipation and you know those ball skills, I'll take that all day. Yeah, I mean, how can, I mean you, how, how can you turn that down? Yeah, which that's what we're looking at with Boye, too, in free agency. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Tomorrow's going to be fun. Yeah. Ooh, uh, yeah, it's four oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, deals can start become a, becoming official between players and teams. And most people are expecting the Jaguars to land at least – Two to three players tomorrow. Four oh one Barry Church. Four oh three Zeeler. Four oh five Boye. Let's do it. Four fifteen. Everybody. Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell and four thirty five Martellus Pettit. I'm writing that right. down. <laughs> okay. So Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. All of Duval County just shit their pants yeah. <laughs> when that happens. That would so. be something else, man. Um, that's going to pretty much do it for our show today. want to remind everybody you can follow me at Jordan DeLugo on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can follow Hunter Evans on Twitter at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. And then you can follow um, Scott Klein over here at Scott Klein one on Twitter. And make sure to follow Generation Jaguar on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Twitter at Generation Jag. Make sure to check out the website. We're live blogging through this entire process of legal tampering. And then we'll also be live blogging for the first few days of free agency, just covering all the latest news and updates. So make sure to check it out, genjag.com. You'll see the link there right at the top of the homepage for the live blog. And uh, make sure to follow along. Again, if you're looking to get season tickets this year, renew your season tickets. Uh, looking to move, come sit with us in Section 216. We're going to have a great time. Um, To get more information on that, please check out our game day tab and click on Sit With Us. It'll provide you with all the information, the phone number you need to call, pricing, all of that good stuff will be on there. Um, So go check it out and, um, you know, enjoy the next couple of days. But you need to remember, anything that is reported on right now in between now and the 4 o'clock um, start of the new league year that will take place on Thursday. It's not set in stone at all. On Thursday, March 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So like Barry Church, nothing is official on that yet. He can still back out. He can like, back no out. Penalty. The Jaguars could back out. Yeah. Um, it's not official until you hear it's official after 4 p.m. tomorrow. For all intents and purposes, it is official. But it was also official, officially unofficial um, two or three years ago when everybody thought the Eagles was, were going to get Frank Gore and yeah. then, you know, uh, he ended up in Indy. So these things do happen. It could very easily happen to the Jaguars and Barry Church. So just stay cognizant of that. Don't, 
Don't count your eggs before they hatch. <laughs> um, stay aware. And make sure not to get fooled by any of these uh, these fake Twitter <laughs> Look for accounts. the blue check mark. Yeah, if you're, if you're seeing some news being broken, make sure that it's being broken by the actual person you think it's being broken by and not a, uh, a basically... A hoodwink, a bamboozler. Yeah, a troll. <laughs> Damn Twitter trolls. Um, but, you know, some people have good fun with that. It is pretty funny to watch uh, people get fooled. Uh, I haven't fallen victim to that in some time, probably in a couple of years, just because... I know it's coming. I always, I always know that people are trying to trick us, and uh, that's just the way it is now with Twitter and all that. But thanks again for stopping by, everybody. This has been the Generation Jaguar Podcast, episode 21. Have a great day. Go Jags. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.